Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. I would have seen Bo Dallas doing Big Show. And that's sad just because of the Bo Dallas shenanigans he would have pulled. Now, that, you and Lamar are stupid for saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is this is total crap. First of all, bottle boom, realest guys in a world. How you know? It's Thursday. BS with CSR is here. I'm Blake Mitchmore. I'm the bull. And Shane Shoemaker is the... Hey, hey, you, you know what, Blake? I'm going to stop you. you. You always want an S word for me, you know, as the opening of the show. But, you know, and it tries to be funny, but it's not. But I'm going to give you something that is funny this week. And that's Hulk Hogan saying that he has a 10-inch penis. Not Terry Bollea, mind you. Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis. Well, I don't really care about that, but it's funny you mention that because tonight on the show, Shane... We have the only other guy I know that tells the world he has a 10-inch penis, and that's Josh Eisenberg. Josh, how are you, man? Yeah, you know I'm feeling good here. You gave me six inches, so thank you for that. I appreciate the uh, compliment. <laughs> K-Fabe or no? Um, I'll let you decide. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 not you. Not you. <laughs> yeah, please. No, 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 no. Never mind. Anyway, wow. it's good to be on okay, the show, well, <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to talk. I, really, the only thing they're building for WrestleMania at the moment because of, and that's Shane O'Mac. Well, Dad, I just gotta say that you are an egomaniacal, miserable old bastard. And you have lost your touch. You've lost your touch with your business, you've lost your touch with your fan base. I mean, guys, the only, I mean, really real thing they consistently build for WrestleMania right now is this Shane O'Mac storyline. I'm loving the personal nature of the promos, but I guess the question I have for both of you is, are they doing everything they can with this, or is there more that can be done? I think there's more that can be done, to be honest with you. I think WWE has four, well, three, three weeks now to develop something uh, more personal. And when you think of more personal, you think of it like this. Triple H and Shane McMahon, they need a face-to-face. There needs to be the Undertaker. There needs to be all of these pieces in the McMahon family together in one situation, one segment, because whenever you have all these pieces together, it brings out the realism. It brings out that Triple H is actually in charge, and Shane McMahon is not, and Shane McMahon has been gone for so long. So everybody sees Triple H being, quote, the son of Vince, when in reality, everybody wants to see Shane McMahon back, which is what everybody got. So I think that there's so much more to be done, and there's so much untapped potential. The one thing I want to ask you guys is, you know, last week, uh, two weeks ago, Vince McMahon said, you know, you're just going to be a son of a bitch. Well, when's the bitch going to come? When is Linda going to make an appearance? And if she does make an appearance, who does she side with? Does she side with her husband and a guy that she's known for 30 years in The Undertaker? Or does she side with her son, Shane McMahon, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how they're developing the pieces around this, but I do think you have to implement the storyline of Triple H with Stephanie, with Shane, and with Vince, and ultimately with The Undertaker. He faced The Undertaker three times at WrestleMania, so why does Shane McMahon think he could beat him? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, Josh. I think you got to – I would like to see Linda in there, I mean, because it would be interesting what side she would, she would go to. I don't know if we're going to see Linda, but – the thing that I want to see with this, you know, with Shane McMahon is I want to see a bigger thread in the show for Shane. I mean, we see him once on the show, and then he's just gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't like how he's not – I mean, there's got to be a little bit more to it. I know, you know, they kicked him out, you know, last night and all that. But, I mean, he's the main part of the show when he's there, and he's just there in one second and he's gone. I mean, 
like I said, there's so much left to be told, and I, I thought that's where Raw kind of failed for me last night a little bit. But again, just, just thread him out through the whole show. Yeah, I mean, they don't. I don't think that that's just Shane. That's how they do things now. I mean, right. you, you complained about that back in the summer when they were, when, you know, when they had that great brawl with Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. They would do one segment and it would be gone. I mean, that's just the way they do things now. I I don't know. I'm curious about the Linda thing too because Linda's, I, from what I've read, Linda's came out and said that she will be at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I I think you gotta see her before because you can't say that line and focus on that line without seeing her before. Uh, but do you really think there's a chance that she would side with Vince? I don't know if she'd side with Vince. Um, I don't know if she needs to pick a side. You know what I mean? I think she can be the middle ground just for one week on Raw and, and, and talk to Vince and talk to Shane. I mean, it's very reminiscent of, of WrestleMania 17 and, and, and the storyline that they had years ago, um, you know, leading into Vince versus Shane. But whenever you have Linda McMahon there, it feels more real because as much as, or excuse me, as, as, as less as we've seen of Shane McMahon, it's always so rare to see Linda because people view Linda as somebody who, yes, she's been in storylines before, but since she started to run for politics and in Congress and all of this, she's really tried to separate herself from the business that she helped create with her husband. So whenever you bring her in, whenever you involve her in a storyline, you know, it could be real now by seeing a picture of Shane and Vince and Vince smashing that picture, but how much more realistic do you want? And what do we all want? Do we want the line of reality and, and, and storylines to blur as much as possible. That's why everybody loves pipe bombs of Shane and, and Punk and, and, and Stone Cold and all this. They love that because they are not sure for even a split second if it's real or if it's booked. And everybody knows the answer to it, but it's just it's nice to have that blurred line. And I, I got it. I need more. I mean, you you mentioned it, Josh. I gotta. I mean, we know they're both coming. They're both gonna be there Monday in Pittsburgh. We gotta have more from Taker. And I don't even know that I want to see a big conflict between Shane and Taker. Honestly, before Mania, I want to know why Undertaker is willing to, in a sense, do this for Vince McMahon. Why is he willing to accept this? No, I agree. I mean, I, and I can even ask this question to Shane. I mean, you look at the Undertaker. He's been the creation of Vince. But for so many years, he's been the face. And I always say at WrestleMania, it's hard to develop a heel versus a face. You can do as much work as possible to develop who you want the crowd to boo, who you want to cheer. But anybody will cheer for anybody at WrestleMania because it's the smart fans. It's not your Monday Night Raw in Little Rock, Arkansas, who you're really trying to get Roman Reigns fans to, to back. You know what I mean? Like that, That's the storyline. That's the progression. That's why WrestleMania is always going to be in bigger cities heading into uh, excuse me, Monday Night Raws are in bigger cities heading into WrestleMania, whether it's Chicago and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and things of that. So I, I'll actually forward this to Shane. Shane, does there need to be a healer face? And if so, like like Blake said, why would The Undertaker side with Vince just because he's his, quote, creation? No, I, I don't think there needs to be. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is all about emotion, and it doesn't matter what kind of emotion it gets uh, as long as it evokes something. Uh, you know, Taker doesn't have to be the heel. Shane doesn't necessarily have to be the face. As long as there's something big and emotional that comes out of it, because again, it just it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's all about respect. This one, especially for Taker. I mean, Taker, it's gonna be hard to get, for Taker to get booed anyway. So I, I just I just cannot see in, in this type of story of him possibly getting booed. And again, it just doesn't matter. All right, my final question related to this topic is. 
We've heard the lockbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do we get to see, or do we get to hear more of it? Do we get to see what the lockbox is, possibly what's in it, before we get to Mania? I don't know, man. That's a that's a good question. I think uh, I think there'll be a little bit. More, I, I, no, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. I'm just gonna say yeah. no. I, I'm going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Josh. I I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that almost kind of in a way would undermine the storyline a little bit. I mean, I mean. Because we're all hoping to see Shane win, and it would, it would be something to see him possibly, you know, unlock that the you know the night after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of Shane winning, would it be? I think it would be a great. I'd love to see Shane a Shane O'Mac Raw leading. You know, maybe not. Obviously, we're not going to get it at Pittsburgh. Maybe he uses the lockbox to blackmail events before, and we get it in Philadelphia. Let's see what a Shane Raw looks like, because it's just going to completely. Even more, get the crowd behind Shane, and plus Raw needs to change. Regardless of whether Shane leaves yeah. after WrestleMania or not, Raw needs to change because it's stale. Well, here, what do you what do you change in Raw, Blake? You, you know, you're gonna have I, easy solution for us would be two hours, right? Cut out the well, fattiness, cut out the social outcasts and things that really don't mean anything. But how do you change Raw to cater to all of the fans now? Well, I'm just talking about cosmetic stuff. I think if you okay. You change the change the theme, change the logos, change the you know the the freaking video package. I, I know they won't do this. What I would honestly do is change the stage up some because it's been the same damn thing for the last decade. <laughs> so true. And, and those are little things. And you're right. The cosmetics behind behind Raw, like you you see the same screen, you see the same graphics, but they usually do that every couple of years. So hopefully, if Shane ends up winning. Those are some things that change. You know, the little the lockbox thing. What if, what if they save that for a little bit? And what if they save that for the night after WrestleMania, where he opens it up and all that's in that box is a bullet, and that's the beginning of Shane McMahon bringing other people into WWE, that people that that's, the fans want to see. That yeah, that that that's fantastic. I love that idea. It, it, it's so simple but so effective. I think that's awesome. All right, well. We, we've talked this through. we got to keep talking Mania because, hey, the WrestleMania undercard is finally starting to take shape. It looks like maybe we got to see what our Intercontinental title match is Monday night because Sami Zayn returned to Raw. Shane had a tweet on Monday night that kind of made me, I don't know, I don't really trust a lot of Shane's opinions, but... That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Was this, was this a good way to bring Sammy back in Chicago? Did he need to come back before Mania, or would it have been better off to maybe hold it, you know, hold it until after WrestleMania? Great question. Um, I think that Sammy Zayn has the appeal of Daniel Bryan, but he hasn't been established enough on the main roster which means everybody wants to cheer for Sami Zayn because of the great wrestler he is. As much as I am going to enjoy this match, because I think every wrestling purist will enjoy this match at WrestleMania, it might have been too soon. And the reason I say it's too soon, because let's be honest here, a lot of pieces on the card right now have nowhere to go. The Dolph Ziggler's, you're going to get AJ Styles apparently versus Chris Jericho for what, the fourth time? Hold that thought. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay, exactly. So whenever you see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, yeah, that's a good match. And they have the history. They have the NXT background where they are very personal with one another. And they have this established storyline. 
I, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just I, I want to see what happens on you know in the next couple of weeks how they're going to be able to develop this storyline more than what they did in NXT. And I think that's the biggest point. You can cater to the NXT fans. You can make a storyline that every NXT fan loves. And maybe out of that 100,000 people, you do have 50,000 that are just diehard NXT fans because that's how wrestling works these days. But Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, it might have been a little too soon for it. And his debut the next night might have had a bigger reaction because people are still – people are, are craving to get change and craving for that next night moment. He could have been a perfect fit. Uh, yeah, my, my biggest thing is I just don't think – I mean, we, do we have time to even know who Sami Zayn is at this – you know, in that short amount of time? I just felt like this was kind of rushed and – you know, you know the only people that really know Sami Zayn, like you're saying, Josh, is those is like the diehard fans. I mean, they think about all the history that you know that Kevin Steen and El Generico had. You know that they're you know that's the people that know their whole history. The casual fan doesn't probably know you know who Sami Zayn is really. I mean, maybe besides just the NXT guy that blew his shoulder out when he was raising his hands <laughs> up celebrating his match with John Cena. Yeah. You know, Which, by the way, he still does that crap. Why is he still doing it if he blew his shoulder out? <laughs> Hey, hey, you would you would be doing that to that music too that he comes out to. Don't yeah, and, and Randy Orton separated his shoulder. He still pounds on the ground like a freaking lunatic. That's a good call, but uh-huh. yeah, it's a good call. But I mean, again, I, I just don't think it was it was too soon to bring. And again, I like the feud. I think the match is going to be great, even though I don't know if it's going to be them two only. But um, I, I just I don't like that they brought him in the way they did. They should have had maybe vignettes or like even something just as so simple as like you know. Him secretly calling out, you know, Owens for a couple of weeks, and we didn't know who it was, but it talking about someone from his past coming back to coming back to haunt him, something like that, just something more creative. Now, and that your point of people not knowing him leads me to that question: Is it going to be those two? Or are we going to get a multi-man match? Because it looks like, which I, I, I don't even, I don't even want to get started on Ryback tonight, but it looks like we might be headed to Ryback versus Kalisto. So. Are we getting a multi-man match, or are we getting Zayn versus Owens at WrestleMania? I think WWE should do a multi-man United States Championship match for two reasons. One, if you want Kalisto to win the title, have Kalisto shine in the ladder match. You saw what he did at TLC. We saw his uh, you know, big spots. And as much as Hell in a Cell is a great draw because of the gimmick it is, a ladder match at WrestleMania just sound, it's just more natural. You had the Money in the Bank for so many years. You had the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. You had TLC. I mean, that's that should be a staple of WrestleMania, those big spots to kick off the show. And I'd rather see that multi-man match over an Intercontinental Championship match between Owens and Sami Zayn because Owens and Sami Zayn already has a storyline. Does anybody really want to see Kalisto versus Ryback? What in the blue hell is the point of that? The two completely different characters – you know, you're not getting a Rey Mysterio versus like a Big Show. Like that's not the that's not the the storyline you want to put right now with Kalisto and Ryback. But I will say this: as much as you guys may or may not like Ryback, the guy has improved drastically. He's just not ready for a match against Kalisto because there's no creative angle that you can make between these two guys in the next three weeks that'll really intrigue me. I I like. I mean, I'm not a Ryback fan, but I will be the. I will freely admit that. The last couple of weeks, I've liked the direction he's going, especially him. I think he needs to cut it out on the entrance, but especially the winning the match and just walking straight back to the back. It makes him look feel like a badass. It makes mm-hmm. him feel, you know, kind of Goldbergy. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, they completely. I mean, I'm not going to say ruined it, but completely threw a curveball with that 
dumbass promo he cut on Monday oh, night. Oh God, was he reading off cue cards there? I mean, like it was, <laughs> it was like just straight stale. I mean, like he was staring into the abyss, looking it at nothing. Awful. I mean, it was awful. It was terrible. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm going with Josh here. No one wants to see you know Ryback and Callisto. It has to be uh, that would be the better multi-man match and a ladder match because the people would care because it's a ladder match. I mean. Yeah. Again, Zane and Owens has the story. Okay, so Y2AJ. I hated the name, didn't mind them teaming, loved the match on Monday night. I thought it was great. I thought they looked good. I thought for the first time in a long time, the New Day looked really good in it as a just a legitimate tag team, especially Big E. Loved the heel turn, but do we really want to see AJ and Chris again for the fourth time now in the three months that AJ's been in WWE? Is this can we not do something better with AJ? I I I think this is um man this is this really is is interesting to me because maybe they don't this is the fourth match that they'll have okay so maybe they can spin it that you know this is uh, a full fledged heel Jericho versus AJ Styles when previously we've had him tease a little bit being the heel. And, I mean, there's a reason why Jericho has never been a face world champion, and he's always been a heel world champion. He's just so much better. And I even wrote about it in my article. I mean, right now, whenever he does jokes, yeah, they're nostalgic, but they're about as funny as Fuller House. I mean, people only laugh because they haven't heard this in 20 years. You know what I mean? So whenever you see Chris Jericho on your screen, it's like, oh, Jericho, he's, you know, he's a really good performer, but his jokes just don't really work anymore. So whenever I see heel Jericho versus a face AJ Styles, that match intrigues me more. But it's interesting because their tag team match on Raw was great. I mean, they balanced each other out. And one of the things I've really loved about tag teams is always having two separate guys. You know, I, I like the Lucha Dragons, but Sin Cara and Kalisto, they have the same offensive techniques. They have the same styles, the same splash moves. You need a guy who is slightly different than the other. And I think Styles and Jericho kind of um, equaled each other out. Uh, but I guess this is the best you can do with Styles right now. I mean... If, if Jericho didn't have matches against Fandango and other ridiculous matches at WrestleMania or, or losses in feuds whenever he's come back, people would like this a lot more than it is. But WWE, you know, shot themselves in the foot. Well, the, the, the first thing that, that I said after this, you know, because I figured we were getting this match with, you know, part four of this feud, was it, it has to have some sort of stipulation now. It has to have... I mean, if it's two out of three falls, submission, what have you, but I think it has to have at least to add something to it. I mean, because, you know, Jericho's going to play this whole angle that, you know, hey, you may have beat me, you know, but you've never been to WrestleMania. You never played that card yet. You've never done that yet. So that, that's obviously the angle they're going to go with. Um, I, I, I don't mind it that we're seeing this again, only because, I, you know, I'll go back to seeing, you know, you know, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio um, back in, I can't remember what year that was, but th they faced each other like at six pay-per-views or whatever in a row, and Rey won like every match, and th the whole feud was fantastic. So I, I think it's good. I, I, don't, I don't hate it nearly as bad as I did before, and I think the way that Jericho came off was, was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was great. He, it was very well. He, he knows how to execute a heel turn. He's done it just a little bit. You know, if Big Show's done it 27 times, Jericho's probably done it. 19. Uh, but it's just not they've done, I mean, for me if if this is where they were going for Mania, let them wrestle once, let them have their little bromance and then break them up. They've wrestled, this is the fourth match now. It's too much. It doesn't, this match, it's going to be a great match, I'm not saying that, but it doesn't have any appeal for me as a fan. 
No, I agree with you, Blake. I think there's not much appeal because, like you said, we've seen it so many times over the course of the past month and a half. And it reminds me of the Ambrose-Wyatt feud to a different extent. Do you remember how many times we saw those two guys feud over and over and over again last year? So whenever they were put, you know, they had the Hell in the Cell match, but then the next month we had the same exact thing. That's the um, kind of how I view this feud. You know, why are they getting a match at WrestleMania when they've already competed on Raw, they competed on SmackDown, they competed at Fastlane? That's why I was such a heavy proponent of potentially splitting those two guys up and putting them in some sort of a Kevin Owens Intercontinental Championship match because, one, Chris Jericho has been probably the most decorated Intercontinental Champion of all time. There's your storyline there. AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens can talk about how AJ comes into his company. They've had a similar history where they've traveled around the world and they've had to really you know, solidify themselves in WWE, but Owens can be the heel and spin it so well where people think about, oh, well, AJ Styles shouldn't deserve this, and but you still get the heel heat on Kevin Owens. That's why I was such a big proponent of that match, but obviously that's not what we're going to get. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, that's a little WrestleMania, but there's a roadblock to WrestleMania. I don't know why the hell there's a roadblock to WrestleMania, but there is, and we got to talk about it for a minute. Could this be the same Saturday night? Could it be Dean Ambrose's night? That is unthinkable. Could he put a roadblock up to Triple H's march? This Saturday is WWE Roadblock, which is just, you know, I'm all I'm okay with all these events trying to maximize the network, but let's just build our WrestleMania storylines. Let's not operate random three completely different random matches three weeks before WrestleMania because when you've got, you know, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've got Ambrose Triple H. We've got Wyatt Lesnar, which, and then what the hell is Roman Reigns going to do? I mean, he's supposed to fight Sheamus, but is he going to be there? Is he going to interfere? I'm very confused about what's going to go on Saturday night. Do you guys care about this, Shane, Blake? Do you guys really care? I mean, aside from a potential championship change, which I think would be just ludicrous three weeks before WrestleMania, does anybody really care about the paper or this uh, network special? No, no, no not, I honestly not really. Don't. And the one thing that Labar and I talked about a bunch of times on CSR is how inconvenient was Fastlane? I mean... WWE could have just cut that out and maybe made a special with potentially something to do with the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. title. You know, the special is with people – are going to be people who watch NXT, okay? So why not have something where you crown a new contender to Owens' championship or crown a new contender to Kalisto's championship? That can be just as important enough. Instead, WWE adds another event. It just – it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand why they're doing this. Maybe because they want to find more – network subscribers before WrestleMania. It just seems like such an inconvenience to book Fastlane where you have to now have a contendership match. You have to put AJ Styles and Jericho like we just talked about last segment. You have to put that back you know, on the pay-per-view in February where you're going to redo it in, in April at WrestleMania. Uh, the word for roadblock is inconvenience. You go down a highway, there's construction, and you're thinking to yourself, son of a bitch, this is terrible. That's exactly what roadblock is to me. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you're, you know, Ambrose and Triple H is going to be a good match, but you're desperately trying to build this Roman Reigns feud, and you just throw Ambrose in the middle of it in three weeks? I, I just, I don't get it. And, and, I mean, to me, you have to, if, if WWE Roadblock comes off like a completely separate event and they just pick up next Monday with WrestleMania build, that is so ridiculous. 
you have to, I mean, I think Triple H has to beat Ambrose and needs to beat the shit out of him, and Reigns has to save him, and then maybe Lesnar comes down or something. You have to tie in these WrestleMania matches, or I just don't understand what the hell they're doing. Yeah. My, my, my question to ask is, I mean, is there anything they can actually do to make people like come out of this and back? Like, wow, you gotta you gotta go back and watch that if you didn't watch it. I mean, like something really really significant. I'm not talking about just like a Roman Reigns like coming back, but I mean like something actually really significant to be like, wow, you have to get back on the WWE network and watch this. Ambrose and, winning the championship. Stole the words right out of my mouth, Blake. Absolutely, that's the only thing. But what's the point of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there isn't. I mean, it, it, it I mean, again, unless we, you know, we talked about it last week, unless they have Ambrose having two matches at Mania, which again, that makes no sense to me either. I, I think it's worthless. You can't do that with Brock Lesnar. That completely devalues who Brock is. I agree. Well, well, let me ask you this, guys: Is it possible that Dean Ambrose wins the championship and it turns into a fatal four-way? I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I don't see it because they're so hell bent on, you know, at least it appears they're so hell bent on. Turning Roman into the next Cena. Yeah, and I think that takes away from a, a somewhat fairly you know weak card at WrestleMania too. Well, I think they they gotta get they gotta have star power matches. Well, but what how does that in uh, to Blake? How does that make um, Roman Reigns less of a John Cena figure if he beats Triple H, Brock Lesnar, and Dean Ambrose? That's I, super Roman right there. It is super Roman, but I well it all depends on what you want to do. If they if they are if the goal is still to try, which isn't going to happen, make Roman a real baby face, yeah. you're not going to have him beat Lesnar and Ambrose in front of a WrestleMania crowd and end the night being cheered. Mm-hmm. Now, if a heel turn's coming, if they're really going to finally embrace and just give in and make Roman a heel, then absolutely, because he'll get booed out of the damn building if he beats those, those three in the main event. Well, let me ask you this. If Roman turns heel, hypothetically speaking, do you think that the crowd's just going to cheer him because that's what they've wanted? I can see that. I can see him. I could see him. Well, I could see him kind of turning into what what Rollins was toward the end. Which was the... Mm, drive by. Okay. Talking talking roadblock. There goes somebody. <laughs> there was a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I could see I could see Roman turning into the cool heel, kind of like Rollins was toward the, before right before he got hurt. Which, it doesn't do him any good. It, it really depends. I mean, again, how the, how they really if if the hypothetical heel turn happens. I mean, I mean, just, if he turns on the Rock, I mean, how does that you know? I mean, I mean, everybody loves the Rock. I mean, will they will they boo him then? I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Jim Ross said something about it where you have Roman turn and, and attack the Rock. We know the Rock's going to be there. Is it odd to you guys that we have no idea what the hell he's going to be doing there yet? Absolutely. Yes, this oh, I don't get it because that's your marketable guy. That's your number one guy. Even though he's not there weekly, hell, he's there three times a year. That's still the guy that you need to market, especially if you want to get 100,000 asses in the seat in, uh, in AT&T Stadium. Well, and then I listened to Austin's podcast today, and in three weeks before Mania, he's vocal saying, I'm working out, but I still have no idea what I'm doing either. I'm, I assume I'm going to be there. Like Nobody knows what they're doing. Either that yeah. or they're just kayfabing us all. I mean, they're doing a great job because I think everybody has no clue. You know, the veterans, the legends. I mean, maybe potentially Rockets involved somewhere, but I mean, that's a that's another argument for another day. But you know, back to Roadblock. Like you said, guys, it's just such an inconvenience for WWE to put this there, and the only way to salvage it is if Ambrose wins the title and people are going to start talking. 
Before we move into the BS of the week, I'll throw one scenario at, at you guys, and it's the scenario, I think, where Roman could get legitimate heel heat and not be the cool heel, and that is if he wins the world title and Shane and Taker closes the show and Roman comes out and hell is the reason that Vince and Taker defeat Shane. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just – when you do that – I think that WWE then has a problem because there's so many people that will still cheer Taker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a slippery slope you have. I mean, if you really want that to be, like I said before, if you want heel versus face, if you want Taker to be the uh, the bad guy, I just don't think WWE has any faith that the crowd will boo the Undertaker at WrestleMania. When was the last time the Undertaker was a heel? Was it WrestleMania 18? I think it was WrestleMania 18 against Ric Flair. He was, yeah. he was the, bad, the American badass. So, I mean... Yeah. That's very difficult for WWE to pull off. If they do, I mean, holy shit, like that would be great. <laughs> but I just – it's going to be very strange. I mean, think of it like this. The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, like people loved Brock Lesnar coming back to WWE, right? Like WrestleMania 29 against Triple H, people loved Brock Lesnar just being this badass. How much did people hate him whenever he beat, whenever he beat uh, The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30? He was the biggest heel in the business, but people still loved him. You know, six months later when he won the title. So I just – I don't know if – I could see it happening. I could potentially see that happening if they really want to go 100% in on Roman Reigns. But I don't think they want to be 100% in on Roman Reigns, hence why Roadblock is focused around Dean Ambrose and Triple H. So confusing. Well, we can't do a show without hitting the BS of the week. So let's do it. Oh, oh no, the snow. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. No, no drinks for me, thanks. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. Josh, every week we hit the BS of the week, and there's two things that stood out to me, and one of them actually involves you. We'll get to that here in a second. But where the hell did the Rusev Body Slam Challenge go this week? I mean, did we just completely abandon it one week into it? I mean, you know, our boy Ghoulish, and I, I actually tweeted it, and then he, he took it and ran with it. I'm sure I'll get crap from him for that. But, uh... You know, he he ran with this article on our website about it possibly leading to maybe a Kurt Angle appearance, which is probably a long shot. But now it appears like they've just completely scrapped it. They didn't say a word about it on Raw this week. <laughs> I mean, you look at Rusev. I mean, you have Lana addressing as Dolph Ziggler's side piece <laughs> on Raw. You have Rusev coming out with no Lana. He is in the land of unknown right now. And the land of unknown is they don't know what the hell they have in Rusev. How far has this guy fallen where he's in a storyline where he wasn't pinned or submitted and he faces John Cena last year? What's right. he doing now? Yeah, What's he, he doing killed. now? He's doing the Body Slam Challenge yeah. on the WWE Network pre He came out of a tank last year, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I, mean, th- I mean, come on, this dude had, had it all going for him, and then it's like nothing now. I mean, did someone steal the Maserati or something? I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know either. It's funny you mentioned about how far you've fallen because I can remember Josh being at Mania last year and us all sitting there thinking about the fact that if Reigns wins, Rusev would be a great heel yep. opponent for him at SummerSlam, and now he's jerking the freaking curtain. It's unbelievable to see how far he's fallen. And I mean, he has Lana jerking him, so I guess he's not really complaining too much. But you, you think of it like this, guys. I mean, Rusev, <laughs> I, Rusev faced John Cena. He was doing a body slam challenge on the Raw pre-show a year later. Is there a guy who's fallen worse than Rusev? I can't see one. 
No. Maybe maybe Cesaro being a Paul Heyman guy, I don't know, but that still never uh. really took flight. Yeah, but no, because Cesaro never got that high. So Cesaro yeah. never got to that point that Rusev was. I mean, Rusev is gone. I mean, it's insane. And they, but why though? Maybe because I mean, because Lana's jerking him, and hey, if, <laughs> if Lana was jerking me, I I would jerk the curtain. I mean, I wouldn't care what I was jerking, obviously, so. (laughs) Apparently, apparently they had the most heat, like, ever in the business, apparently. I mean, there's a new rumor about them, like, every day that comes out, so. Yeah, they have more heat than Blake Mitchamore on CSR Wrestling. I mean, let's be honest here, guys. They're they're the guys that that nobody likes now. But no, seriously, you think of it like this. You think of Rusev, and you think of Lana, and you think of the opportunity that WWE had for such a long time. I mean, Rusev is a big guy, right? But he's only about six foot. So maybe WWE said, you know what? We're going to stack him up against some of the big guys that we have because we still know that big guys roll. Triple H, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, Bray Wyatt for a hot minute. But you look at these guys, maybe they just got sour on Rusev because physically he just doesn't look like he could be a world champion. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. But, Josh, we got to talk about something else because you were on Twitter dogging out the fact that the big boss man is in the Hall of Fame or is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I need to remind you that this is the same Hall of Fame that has Coco Beware, uh, mm-hmm. the Bushwhackers, all kinds of random-ass people. You really don't think the boss man is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame? Well, I don't think the Bushwhackers and Coco belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't think the Godfather belongs in the Hall of Fame. Dude was a hardcore Dude was a hardcore champion and what a tag team champion once? Yeah, but you're taught you're you're only you're only looking at his late late nineties run. You gotta go back to the run he had with you know, where he worked with Hogan and and Mr. Perfect and stuff like that, man. Ah, you look at I just I, I look at what the big boss man was, okay? And he might have been a great wrestler. He might have been very good for his size. I just have never saw him making a huge impact on the company. But like you said, what are the credentials for the WWE Hall of Fame? Mm. Can I get in the WWE Hall of Fame? Can Zach Gowan get in the Hall of Fame because he had one leg? Like, how do you know who can be in the WWE Hall of Fame? So whenever I bash Big Boss Man, it's more of a bashing of what does it take to get into this? Like, do you need to be in Vince's Kiss My Ass Club? Like, do you need to jerk off Triple H backstage? Like, what do you got to do? Because I, quite frankly, I want a ring. I'm going to sell it for 20 grand. I want to go on Vivid. Me and Sonny can make a porno, and that's the end of my life. <laughs> like, that's it. If, I could, if it's that easy to be in the Hall of Fame, I would do it in a heartbeat. It, just, uh, well, it frustrates me. It frustrates the, me. They're running out of people. I think now. I think Bossman boss fell, fell into a category they find each year. They're not going to do Owen because of his wife and all that stuff. And, but unfortunately. You know, there's people that say this, and I think it's true. You're gonna have a minority, Godfather. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna have a woman, which they rumor to be Jacqueline, because she's from Texas. And you're gonna have somebody that's dead, and that's Bossman. And they have those every single year. Last year, you had Savage, you know, yeah. Rikishi, and Medusa. I mean, no, it's a good point, Blake. I mean, I, I honestly I've never thought of it in that, you know, in that aspect where you categorize each person. Yeah. But like. The only thing that I can remember, boss. I mean, Boston had some good feuds in the 80s, late 80s and early 90s. Like I, I've seen that on the network. I've watched Saturday Night's main event, where that show was focused around him for a little bit. But the the, the biggest thing that Boston is known for is being hung at Hell in a Cell against the mm. Undertaker, and then years later he's dead. You know what are I mean? Like, are, and I don't try to be rude, but that's just that's are, what people know him for. Are you? You know, you, you, you know, know that feud against the Mountie? 
Oh yeah, that was well, crazy. Well, let's well, put the bounty in the Hall of Fame, Shane. Let's hey, let's do it. Let's, let's get him, man. Yeah, they need they need him in there. <laughs> Hold on a second. You guys are forgetting the two biggest moments of Boss Man's career. One, where he drugged the Big Show's dead father across the cemetery. Yeah. Oh, I know the next one, man. I know the next one too. I think. And two, where he cooked Al Al Snow's dog and fed it to him. Yeah, Pepper. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Exactly. I don't know what does. That's Hall of Fame. I, let I gotta ask go you this. Well, let me ask you guys this. Val Venus, Hall of Fame, yes or no? In this case, if we're going by the supposed quote-unquote criteria that WWE, absolutely. <laughs> right, and that's and that's depressing. Hey, there's one porn star arguing in the Hall of Fame. Why not two? Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's been an interesting show tonight. You bring... We bring Josh Eisenberg on the show, and we go full throttle for 30, 45 minutes. So we do. That's how we do things, Blake. Shane, that's how we do it. <laughs> All right. That's it for us this week. Make sure you're following Josh on Twitter, at Josh Eisenberg4. Make sure you're following Shane, at SUMaker24. Make sure you're following me, at Blake Mishmore, and we'll catch you next week. Look at the sky. Another ass-breed prom queen. So young and so Ladies and gentlemen, this public service message was brought to you by your friends from D-Generation e X. Who would like to remind each and every one of you that if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you!